Thank you very much for joining me for this Coffee with the Editor. I'm here in Addis Abba and I'm very pleased to be joined by Ibra from AU Nepad. Yes, ADN Nepad. AUDN. AU Development Agency. Okay, yeah. great. So tell me a little bit about yourself and what you do and then we'll dive into what we've been doing for the last three days. Uh, my name is Ibra, as you said, and I'm Senior Program Officer for Infrastructure and Connectivity. At, at the same time, I head the Infrastructure Unit at the AU Development Agency, NEPAD, mm -hmm. New Partnership for Africa's Development, NEPAD. What we do at NEPAD is three things. Number one is we translate African Union policies into developmental projects. Number two, we assist uh, regional economic communities and countries to implement those projects. And number three, we serve as Africa's single entry point for development partnership and resource mobilization. That, that's what we do at AUD and EPAD. And in doing so, we have a number of stream, agriculture, food security, and environmental sustainability. This is one stream. The second stream is human capital and institutional development, like education and health. Mm -hmm. And uh, a third stream is um, issue around science, technology, innovation, etc. And uh, another stream that concerns us is infrastructure, industrialization, trade, and regional integration. Within that stream, uh, we have infrastructure and industrialization. And within infrastructure, so we have infrastructure, for example, road, rail, water, ICT, connectivity. We have energy and digitalization. So I had the in the first component of the infrastructure, I mean, in transport, water, ICT, etc. So obviously, over the last three days, we've been talking about the African high, the African integrated high-speed rail network, yes, which hopefully, if they adopt the Zanzibar Protocol, will just be called the African Railway Network <laughs> or the African yeah. Integrated Railway Network. Indeed. Um, there's a lot of talk, and there, there's quite a, a few projects. Mm -hmm. How do we really start getting that implementation going? I know under PETA there are six rail projects, which mm. I assume cross over mm. into the, the 13 or 16 mm. uh, projects from African Union for the rail network. Yeah. But how do, we, how do you take the six that, you, that mm. you've got mm -hmm. and how do we actually move forward with this? That's a great question. I think just a matter of contextualization. So, the integrated high-speed rail network uh, is a flagship program of the Agenda 2063. The Africa we want by for the next uh, 50 years now. In that integrated high-speed rail network is only one of the flagship. Another flagship is PIDA, the Program for Infrastructure Development in Africa. PIDA covers four sectors, transport, uh, energy, water and ICT. Within transport, you have road, you have rail, you have river navigability, you have air transportation, etc. You would have some projects that are a rail project within PIDA, but they are also part of the master plan of the Africa Integrated High Speed Rail Network. Okay. Now, when we talk about high speed, uh, given the current status of rail infrastructure on the continent, in, in Zanzibar this year, in September, our ministers agree that we need to revise and recast our ambition. Mm. So instead of Africa Integrated High Speed Rail Network, we are now heading towards simply Africa Integrated 
railways network. Mm. So if that's get adopted by our head of state, this is what, what would, the, this program will become. Okay. Now, how do we take this project forward fundamentally, be it the entire uh, program or these six projects that are within the, the PIDA priority action plan? Um, Around 2019-2020, the African Union Development Agency, NEPAD, uh, commissioned a detailed scoping study uh, toward that continental rail master plan. Out of that studies, we have identified 13 pilot projects. Out of those 13, we have identified six, uh, two projects that we think can go through the, an accelerated approach. So the project that we think will be implemented very soon. Yeah. Uh, for example, the, the Vindok Velvus Bay uh, corridor project. So this one. Now, six, those six projects that are within PIDA are all within the list of that 13 project. Yeah. Now, the practical way for us to take them forward is to understand the challenges toward rail infrastructure development. The first challenge is the preparation of the project. How do you ensure that the project are ready for investment? So that preparation phase is taking us a lot of time and energy and resources. When the project is very well prepared, the biggest challenge is how do you ensure adequate resource mobilization, sustainable financing for um, the implementation of those projects. And in the background, because of the trans-border nature of those projects, you have issue around harmonization, cross-border policy framework, uh, regulatory framework. We know Namibia needs it. Mm. We know Botswana needs it. We know that Zambia needs it. We know that Zimbabwe needs it. Mm. So we, we all agree to this. Mm. All those countries agree. Mm -hmm. Why aren't we doing? That's, 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 a, that's a fantastic question. What are we, we know what we have to do. Yes. Why are we not doing it? The, the reality is that we, it's not like we are not doing it, but we are doing it in a very slow path. Okay. We are doing it very slowly. Um, we have projects on this continent that have taken over 100 years <laughs> to, to, to get implemented. And if you go to the ground, you will realize that there is something going on. You have a project unit, you have someone who has been paid for the last 20 years on that project, but the project has not moved. Why? It's because we did not have a systemic, I think, in my view, a systemic approach. Mm. When you have a project, you don't have a project for the sake of having the project. Mm. A project needs to be mainstream in a whole spectrum of economic development. Mm. Within the National Economic Development Plan or the National Economic uh, Development Strategy, whatever framework you will call it, if you want project to move fast, you have to shift them from where you sit and apply a strong political will on them, mm. saying that these are national priorities, we want them to move within the 10 years. And that's what PIDA is trying to do. Uh, we compiled national infrastructure master plan, regional infrastructure master plan through a consultative approach, and we build a pipeline of just 69, mm. just 69 Positive. continental priority project and our head of state give us up to 10 years so we have 10 years to mobilize 161 billion US dollars okay. and from that 8 billion are in the project preparation phase that's the approach that we need to take at national level for rail infrastructure 
national and the regional level, agree that we can't do everything. Mm. Let's focus on top priorities and concentrate all our effort in those priorities and give us a very reasonable, reasonably short timeline mm. and get everyone commit. There are a couple of things mm. that I view as m maybe the word is most frustrating. Mm. I'm going to go with most frustrating. Mm. The first being that if we are to really implement the African continental free trade area and move our freight volumes from, what are we now, 5% to 50%, mm -hmm. we're going to need rail. Right, rail is going to have to form mm. the backbone to a multimodal logistics Sorry. structure. Mm -hmm. But without the rail and functioning rail, this is going to be a waste of time. Sure. We're not going to be able to really harness the benefits of the African continental free trade. Mm. So that's the first thing that I'm mm. finding very frustrating because mm. it takes so long to prepare a project, execute, raise the funding, execute it, build it, then get all the rolling stock, then mm. operationalize, mm. commission. Like that's 20 years, my yeah. friend. Minimum. Yeah. And, and the opportunity is now, it's, otherwise it's come and gone. So that's the first part that's really frustrating. Mm. The second part that's, that I find frustrating is that we have these projects, we're talking about them. Our railway operators and our, and our governments, our transport ministers and mm. all the rest, mm. we don't have money to build the lines. So either mm. they don't have money to build the lines and mm -hmm. or we find ourselves in the position where mm. we don't have money to maintain maintain the infrastructure, it's maintain the rolling stock, it's to ensure that we are using the best available technology that's going to last us for, for like the next 50 years, yes. you know? So how, how do you as an organization now come in and really get mm. The ball no, going. Thanks. And, and your, your frustration, actually, I understand your frustration, which is the frustration of African citizens, if, if, if I can say that that way. One thing about the Africa continental free trade area, I think there is a kind of continental consensus that infrastructure will be the backbone of AFCFTA. Without infrastructure, the continental free trade area will be only a talk show. Exactly. Currently, we have less than 5% uh, intra-African trade uh, volume within the continent. If we want to boost intra-African trade, you need to build connectivity. Yeah. And connectivity in terms of trade, rail is the one of the most adequate ones. Mm -hmm. uh, unfortunately, as we, we keep mentioning at the AU Development Agency, what we notice is that the current rail network on the continent are not built for intra-African trade. Mm -hmm. They are built for the extraction of resources. So we need to have a deliberate approach where we, we shift the focus to make rail infrastructure works for trade, make rail infrastructure works for people movement, and make it work for, for business opportunities. So, so that, that's one. How are we going to do it? First is to, to completely change the way we see infrastructure on the continent. Mm -hmm. In 2021, uh, we put forward a proposal that was adopted by our head of state at the African Union General Assembly, which is an integrated corridor approach for infrastructure development. It's an approach that when we take a rail line, we don't see it as a rail line. We see it as a link of a whole corridor, corridor for economic development. Yes. And a number of elements we look at that economic corridor development is, for example, 
urban rural connectivity. We look at issues around job creation. We look at issues around environmental sustainability and climate resiliency. And then we look at issues the traditional consideration, financial viability, inclusion of gender consideration. But more importantly, we look at the economic viability, but also the economic equitability of the project. And we believe the integrated corridor approach is giving a new paradigm shift for infrastructure development that will tackle that, those kind of frustration. One of the projects that illustrate perfectly, I think, the, the, the integrated corridor approach is the Lapset Corridor. So you have a corridor from Lamu Port in Kenya up to Ethiopia through South Sudan. Along the corridor, you have a highway, yeah. uh, you have a fiber optic line, yes. uh, you have a resort city, you have an airport, and then you, you have a, a power plant and, more importantly, the Lapset Railway project, uh, which, if really implemented, will give tremendous uh, um, boost uh, for intra-regional trade in East Africa and Central Africa and connect to the West African region, definitely. Where's the money coming from? Great. Do you have money? Where's it coming from and where are you spending it in terms of rail? Mm. That's my first question. We used to think that money is not the problem. This continent has a lot of money. How do you translate that money into funding, into mm. financing? And uh, where is the money will come from? In, we commissioned a, a report in to, about institutional investment in Africa in 2018 up to 2020. And we realized that at that time, Pension fund and, and the sovereign wealth fund only invest 1.4% of their asset under management into infrastructure. If they can invest up to 5%, that will generate 25 billion US dollar investment into infrastructure annually on this continent. From 2018 up to now, the capitalization, the asset under management of those funds have increased tremendously. So the first source of funding, we think, is domestic resources. Yes. Our institutional investors have a lot of capacity to invest and finance infrastructure. We just make sure to put in place the necessary framework that will make their investment covered and sustainable. Because you don't want to put pension into uh, a very volatile uh, uh, business scheme. That's one. <laughs> no, and I, I think you might have um, some uh, kickback on that <laughs> in and, the private uh, sector anyway. Absolutely. And another, another source, the second source of funding is private sector. They only invest 12%. They only participate to up to 12% of infrastructure financing on this continent. There's a lot of opportunity to tap into. If we can structure uh, our project to make them bankable enough, we can attract, there is a lot of window of increasing private sector participation in infrastructure on this continent. And of course, we have the, uh, our traditional funding process through a multilateral development bank, international financing community, that, that is, is, is very important. And the last and not the least is, is African government. So far, they finance up to 80% of infrastructure on the continent, be it via uh, the, the contract loan or they use directly the budget allocation for infrastructure. So these are the, the key um, 
the key source of funding. Uh, we developed a financing strategy for PIDA, for the Program for Infrastructure Development in Africa, which articulate clearly uh, from the project definition up to the operation of maintenance, how much it will cost us and where can we get those resources and how can we effectively mobilize those resources. We need to take that strategy and adjust it and translate it into the rail sector. Mm. And I'm sure we can find the appropriate mechanism uh, to finance the Africa Integrated Rail Network project. Yeah, because uh, during the last three days, one of the ideas that I threw out was, you know, I, I suppose a little similar to mm. your power. Yeah, and the continental uh, yes. system or something. Um, you know, take a portion, put it in there, give it to the implementing, mm. because each country has a transport master plan. Mm. The region has a transport master plan, yeah. for want of a better word, and then there's like the implementation or the yeah. implementing arm. So you, you, know, you put it in a pot and you say, I, South Africa, want to do X, Y, Z. Yeah. Do you want to do what? And, you know, put the plans together. There should be the money over the 10, 15 Absolutely. years to implement that. So how have you done it for power? Because power becomes the next conversation mm -hmm. because how we can talk hydrogen, we can talk, mm. you know, gas, we can talk all sorts of things. But mm. ultimately, at the end of the day, we still rely on, on coal, on, on coal and, yeah. and electric trains mm. are quite efficient, yeah. let's be honest. Mm -hmm. Although I am a big advocate for hydrogen, mm. so we're clear. <laughs> Great. But, you know, how can we... How can we maybe assimilate mm. something along those lines? So this is a matter of finding um, uh, innovative funding mechanism for this big continental project. Um, pooling resources is a, is a way to go. As I was mentioning, I think, during our, our workshop earlier last yesterday, Africa is moving towards single African uh, energy market. Mm. And that single African energy market is backed by a continental power system master plan. And one of the options, of course, it's not yet adopted, it's, it's a thinking, mm -hmm. is what if you have a kind of electricity, uh, sometimes people don't want to hear levies, but a kind of resources that will tap from uh, the electricity consumption at its region, mm. and then through the regional power pools, you set a plus a fund that will look in terms of having sufficient and substantial funding mobilized from countries, from regions, that can be allocated to upgrading, maintaining, and uh, building new projects that will contribute to that single African energy market. You can do similar approach for corridor development. Uh, one corridor that is doing so is the Central Corridor in Eastern Central Africa. They have one main port, the port of Dar es Salaam, mm -hmm. and they establish a levy on each container that goes into that port or that goes out of that port. They have a levy, and that levy, when collected, constitutes sufficient funding for the Central Corridor Authority um, to manage its operation and to assist the government to build efficiency in the corridor uh, management. I think this is an option that we can, we can consider of course, uh, so far there is nothing officially on the table of uh, the African Union, but uh, we would keep the reflection, and at the moment when it will mature, I'm sure we'll be able to put it forward. Well, it's about to get very noisy in here, so I'm going to say thank you very much for joining me. Thank you for joining me for this Coffee with the Editor.